because I don't know if you know how it works, but you can teleport inside of it and then you become like tiny in that terrarium. And then you can stand outside like a giant looking in. So I was looking outside, I was walking and I was seeing like eight miniature people like walking through my art piece. And I was hearing them talk their, their very first experience of this piece. And they were telling, oh, I like this. Oh, uh, why did he do it like that? And I was walking in, they had no idea that I was the creator. Uh, at some point they could see because my name was like floating over my head. <laughs> but like that, that little moment where I was like in this space, which was my art piece where other people were like experiencing it for the first time. That's kind of the magical stuff that VR does because your memory is so real. I remember it as a place I was, you know? Right. It's so different than remembering something that is like a photo or a, a, a video. The boys got PhDs when it comes to talking about NFTs and that's nifty. That's nifty. They come to this place to talk about the crypto space And that's nifty, that's nifty, that's nifty Your hosts for tonight's podcast are Tyler, Larry and Slime Sunday Damn, that's nifty Hello Hey Dirk, how's it going? Good, good, good Awesome. Um, I'm Tyler, by the way. I'm the, the one that reached out on uh, Twitter. And this is... I'm Larry. Nice to meet you, dude. Hi, Tyler. Hi, Larry. Nice to meet you. So where are you located right now? Uh, I'm in uh, Curaçao. Awesome. No, but yeah, no, that's that's where I am. Uh, I am at the moment, uh, where I'm living, actually. Gotta love island life. Yeah, I mean, like... I was able to like work like remotely. Um, but the reason that I came here is because I met my girlfriend who was living here. So I kind of followed her to the island. But living here, I'm like, man, uh, I wish I would, would have made the choice like myself just like years ago, like realizing like I could work anywhere with good internet. Um, but it's it still feels like a big step. But now I'm here. I've been living here now for like, I think like uh, three quarters of a year and it's like quality of life is, is great. I miss friends and family. Of course, I don't get to see them as often, but uh, I mean, I spend a lot of time behind the computer and the fact that I just, I'm just much more outdoors here because the weather is just always so nice. That's uh, like stuff like that. It's really uh, had a good impact. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's good to see Dirk at work, not always at work out enjoying life. So that's great. Yeah. I'm glad um, we got in touch with you, though, because you have so many projects ongoing right now, and those are just the ones we know about. I'm sure there's many other ones under the hood. We'd like to kind of dive into, like, how you got started off in, like, VR land and, like, where that world's going. Yeah, no, yeah, I, uh, it was funny because you had this episode with Micah Johnson and Roger Dickerman on uh, both and uh, that was so funny because I'm like connected to both uh, uh, projects. And, but they're really like the main projects. They take up so much of my time that I really have a hard time doing anything else. There are some small, like, like small fun projects I, I might get into, but I try to like focus on uh, uh, 
what is what is there. Uh, yeah, how I got started in, um, I guess, best place to start is like way back. I just went to art school. I was just painting and drawing. I wasn't really that interested in computers. I didn't really understand why you would want to make something with Photoshop or, or any digital tools. It came much later. Also, when I realized that I was having to start to make some money, you know, if I wanted to like make the money with the, doing the thing that I love, then it would be smart to kind of get into digital tools. Uh, and once I did, uh, it just, uh, I really fell in love with 3D. Um, and I started out as, as an architectural visualizer. So visualizing uh, uh, projects for architects, doing animations and stuff like that. Um, and then in my free time, just kind of exploring game engines kind of uh, real-time rendering stuff, Unity, Unreal Engine. Um, and then the first VR uh, goggles hit the, from Palmer Lucky uh, or Oculus. And turns out it was kind of set up to immediately start to working with that because it turned out like game engine is kind of software you need to get started with those. So it was kind of lucky, I felt. And then when I started using VR, I initially thought, like, I'm getting these goggles. I ordered them, like, first DK1, and I thought, like, I'm going to play all these VR games and do all these, watch VR movies and do all that stuff. But then I had the goggles, and I realized I wasn't really doing that because it, I realized I'm not really a gamer. You know, I just don't have the hours in my, in my day. And, uh, I want to create stuff. So I... The goggles were like on my in my closet for a year, and then I got into creation software in VR. So actually modeling stuff in VR, like um, uh, you know molding things, and 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 uh, with software called Google Blocks, so the very early VR software. And I fell in love with that, and like since that day, VR has been like uh, a big part of my workflow for everything. So even like non-VR stuff that I make. I always, um, all the 3D stuff I do, I do it in VR. And it's, I like I went back and tried to do something on a regular flat screen, like a couple of weeks ago, because I just thought, oh, let me, let me, let me just do this without VR. And I was really struggling. I had no idea, I was getting so used to like being in a 3D space with like the object. Would that make you more of a sculptor? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because the digital tools kind of make all those distinctions a bit relative, you know. It, 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 um, but it's definitely, I do feel like, I always used to be a drawer, but, but since the VR stuff, I have gotten better at, uh, I think if, if I would, I should do that actually. If I would now like go work with the regular clay in the real world, I, I assume I would be a lot better at it than, than first because it, it is a different way of kind of thinking about or visualizing shapes and, and volumes in your head. I was just going to ask, like, when it comes to, like, uh, or, or pick a spot when you were talking about kind of your background, are you self-taught with, like, your, your 3D products and, and all the software? Because, I mean, I'm assuming, you know, that's all coming from, you know, figuring out how to use it on your own and then being able to bounce around, pick something else up. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm all self-taught, and I, I do think that, I think that, that most people, I always tell this people that are kind of struggling to learn these tools because at first it feels overwhelming. First time you open up 3D software, especially the old software, 
if, if somebody starts with 3D modeling now, first thing I ask them, could you start in VR? Because I think actually that would be a better way to start. But opening, opening up a regular 3D software is very intimidating. It's like this, all these but, uh, uh, buttons and all of this terminology that's, that's kind of hard to get into. Uh, but for me, it's always the work on the little project. I, I can't, my brain cannot just absorb information and have it stick. It doesn't work like that. I have to t make something and then learn the things I need to know to make that little thing. And maybe I, it turns out I was wrong. It was a little too complicated. I'll, I'll change the nature of the, my initial design a bit. But I've always learned by giving myself these little projects. And even when I was like working for architects, but in the evening hours, I wanted to do my own creative stuff. Uh, I would always be like, okay, now you have three evenings to create a little character. And then maybe like a week later, okay, now let's make, see if we can make this little character uh, animated a little bit or something. Um, so that's, and, and once you, and I think the beauty of, of, because we are in the time, especially with this new technology, we have to continue, continuously learn. The, the days that you would learn a certain thing for a couple of years and then use those skills for the rest of your life, that's over. You yeah. know, you are always, but the joy is that once you start to kind of learn how to learn for your own, what works for you, for me is like project-based, then that translates to so many other things. So like when you first learn Photoshop, it's hard, but once you know it and then you learn After Effects, it's like, oh wait, it's just Photoshop with, uh, with time, basically. You know, you've already started to think in the lingo of the software, and now you have new software, and now you think, now, I don't know how to do this, but I'm assuming it, it's something in this direction. Stuff like that really helps. It's the same with like learning an instrument and then picking up an, a different instrument. All that stuff really uh, uh, really translates. So, so yeah, I feel like I'm, I'm picking up that, that kind of stuff much more easily now, even though I, I feel like, you know, an old man sometimes, but, you know. In a way, technology is speeding up, like, just being in this space for six months or however long it's been now, I want to pick up new technologies like VR. Like that's something that I've never owned before. And I was wondering like, what year did you pick up your first goggles? Well, when I, when I came out, I'm very bad in uh, years and stuff. So, but when the first, that first Oculus uh, like developer kits, there were two developer kits, the DK1 and the DK2. And I yeah, had them both. Uh, the, the very, very early starters, they had the Oculus, uh, they had a, uh, a crowdfunding thing. Those were the really early ones. But at, right after the crowdfunding, that's when I, I picked it up. But, you know, VR is like it developed so quickly that it's so much easier now to do stuff with it than, than back then. You know, back then it was, was very shitty. And, and uh, even though there were like plugins for Unity and stuff like a lot of shit broke and, and, and didn't work that great. Um, and now look, you can, there's really cool stuff you can make without being a developer. Because you know, I'm not a developer, I'm not a programmer. And I think I should just give up on ever, ever trying to learn that because that's just really not where my brain goes. But without any program, programming skills, you can already make like so much cool art and stuff for VR. Just go on like YouTube University you know what I call it is where I, I picked up like to learn most of my stuff and you can do uh, do so much. What are you what are you inspired by? What, what are the kind of things you would want to get into when, when you're talking about VR? I think I would like like we just talked to Lush Sucks and he was talking about um, I think it's King Spray 
um, is a VR app where you can spray paint in VR. I thought that sounded really cool, but the other applications, I mean, I'd like to check out Decentraland and some of those metaverses in VR and like, yeah. you know, experience yeah. the, the feeling of being immersed. Like we were looking at your terrarium piece and like, it, it's funny to think about like how, when you look into a terrarium, you kind of envision like what you would look like there. You were saying like kind of a dollhouse effect. Yeah. And like, and that just struck me that like, that would be really cool to like really immerse yourself. That's the, that's the, uh, so the, the coolest thing about that is that VR's already like created some memories for me that are very special. For example, the terrarium, I don't know if you visited it inside of like the music of, uh, uh, museum of other realities, but that's like the VR museum where you can actually see the, that art piece in VR. And um, I think it's like three or four years old. And uh, so the first time it was there, they were kind of like uh, uh, unveiling it. Uh, uh, there was this little party with like 10 people there um, seeing the artwork for the first time. Uh, and I was a little late. I had some technical difficulties, you know, as, as those things go. And, and so I came in and I saw like eight or nine, uh, because I don't know if you know how it works, but you can teleport inside of it and then you become like tiny. Uh, in that terrarium and then you can stand outside like a giant looking in so I was looking outside I was walking and I was seeing like eight miniature people like walking through my art piece and I was hearing them talk their, their very first experience of this piece and they were telling oh I like this oh uh, why did he do it like that and I was walking in they had no idea that I was the creator uh, at some point they could see because my name was like floating over my head <laughs> but like that that little moment where I was like in this space, which was my art piece, where other people were like experiencing it for the first time. That's kind of the magical stuff that VR does because your memory is so real. I remember it as a place I was, you know? Right. It's so different than remembering something that is like a photo or a, a, a video. Still, a lot of people say like VR is taking too long and I, I kind of would agree, uh, but but still it's uh, it's definitely, it's here to stay. And I think especially for creators, it's so powerful. And there's there's so much things that, that have yet to be like discovered with applications for VR. There's so many gamers out there that I feel like it's an untapped, population of people that should be gaming in virtual reality like they're looking for an immersive game to begin with and what could be more immersive than like being there mm -hmm. yeah they're they're i mean it's true but there are a lot of other like things to consider especially if i was like a gamer and i would be streaming um yeah, then there are a lot of reasons why VR is, you know, also like causes uh, some difficulties and getting your whole setup going. And uh, also you're super immersed, but it doesn't necessarily translate when you're like streaming it. Uh, it becomes interesting when you'll be able to stream in VR. So the people, you know, following you, doing your games, oh. be in the same like 3D environment. And it, it's that kind of like the multiplayer aspect is where you actually see a big part of the success of VR now is in, for example, platforms like VRChat, um, which is a crazy universe, but a whole lot of people created friendships there. 
and are coming back not for VR chat but for each other. You know, they're they're going on these adventures, going through these worlds, exploring. Uh, there, there, there are people making mini documentaries from inside of VR chat. Um, so it's like like a whole where like years ago I was a little bit involved with Second Life. I've made some stuff for some people. Um, and it felt a little bit like that, but now, of course, on a whole, uh, whole different level. So this is totally un- like unrelated to what you guys were just talking about. But uh, <laughs> how does it feel to have your work right now up at Christie's in in that whole Aku process, the Micah process? I guess you provide some color to kind of how yeah. that that all started. Yeah, it's great. It's it's crazy. It's unreal. I uh, I was actually in. I think that was over a year ago that I kind of found out about crypto art and NFT art. I wasn't living here then, but I was here like uh, uh, for a little while and I had to go back to the Netherlands. And I was like super interested in what is this digital art because I had actually always thought about some some way to have digital art, have a market for digital art and in, in some way connected to the blockchain. I didn't see the whole market idea, but kind of validate something through the blockchain. I thought that was... I had thought about that, and when I discovered it, I was like, this is interesting. But I had trouble here setting up a, uh, a wallet and stuff, because Curacao is still a little bit on a blacklist for, for some banks, and it's <laughs> some, some weird shit still going around, because it used to be kind of a tax haven. Anyway, I'm still <laughs> anyway I couldn't, get, I couldn't wait to get back to the Netherlands and uh, set it up, and then I, I got into uh, uh, Super Rare, and I sold some pieces. And then I made some uh, avatars for uh, Pablo, Pablo Freo. He uh, runs the MoCA Museum of, uh, of Crypto Art. Mm-hmm. And he's also a collector. And uh, he bought one of these early, bought and sold one of these early uh, people uh, uh, paintings and he collects a lot of art. And then I made some avatars for him. And then he was like, uh, this is, I want to introduce you to other artists. And one of them is Michael Johnson. Um, so I got connected to him and we started talking and we immediately just really jived or really, really hit it off. He told me he had this idea for a character kind of based on his paintings, like the young boy uh, with, the, with the space helmet, that was the image, he had it all sketched out. But he was like, I want, you know, now this kid kind of lives on paintings, but I want him to like go into the metaverse, basically, live on in all these different ways. Like, digital 3d vr you know in in video clips in in ar um you know this is bigger than just me so i michael was like already thinking because he likes you know he thinks big uh i have to build a team and and find people with different skill sets so we can like bring this to life and so i kind of became this 3d guy and we made those first that first episode which uh uh was a big success and yeah we've continued to uh just work on it and so many like crazy things happened and so many kind of crazy people uh got connected to us the funny thing is that that oftentimes i forget that like michael johnson is a celebrity in the state uh, in the <laughs> states right you know baseball is huge there i know nothing about sports i know even less about baseball even like you know i'm not from the u.s that's that's very <laughs> So then Mike was like, yeah, I call, was calling with this guy or with that guy, like famous people. And I'm like, wow. And he, and he didn't seem that impressed. Uh, 
so that was kind of that that kind of the dynamic in the beginning. Um, yeah, and that's kind of just we're just rolling, um, and a lot of great things are. Uh, I don't even know what about what things I can really talk about uh, because it's going so fast. But we're really exploring with Aku. It's really we feel it's a different NFT. I mean, it's art, but it's more than art. It's like an IP. It's like uh, you know a movie. We're working hard on getting that, uh, uh, working towards towards that movie. Um, but also other things like creating a specific token uh, for Aku. We're uh, actually diving a bit into game development for Aku. Um, we've done some AR stuff just you know, to, to create some cool content and, and, and stuff like that. Um, but also looking into, into VR. And it's great that you create this little character which then becomes this vehicle for like all this other stuff you can uh, uh, you can think of. So, so Mike and I also really feel like it shouldn't be about us. It's really about Aku, you know. Aku is like the celebrity we were creating. We don't, you know. And then through Kaku, you can do all these uh, all these cool things, and you can be like like super confident, or you can be like question certain things, or or, or just have fun with certain projects. Um, so yeah, that's a long winded answer to that. <laughs> no, no, that I, that's gotta be like a relief to have like that much creative freedom, though, right? Like, I'm assuming that um, you know you picked up the concept, you laid it on the table, and and probably could take, started taking it to where he wasn't even thinking of it going. Um, and then, you know, you, you get multiple creative people together and stuff like this happens. So it's. Uh, yeah. But that's really, that's, that's really so great about Micah. Micah, he just like, he lets you run with things, you know, and it's really about creating synergy. So if he has an idea and I come back and I'm like, I changed it or I, I changed this part of this. And if he thinks it's better, he'll immediately recognize it. Uh, and then you get synergy and then you really get like one and one is three. And the way that we've been able to create stuff so quickly, and it's amazing that I've been involved in many like other projects or animation projects and there's a producer, there's an art director, maybe there's another art director, uh, there's the investor and, you know, um, everybody has an opinion and, and it's always like navigating uh, that is kind of a minefield because there's nothing worse than this compromise that's kind of bland and it's very safe. Everybody signed off on it, but it's not exciting. Uh, it's much nicer to have like the, a clear vision of just a few people um, that can like have a process where there's a happy accident, a happy creative accident and they can embrace it and be like, oh, oh, there you go, let's do this. This is like this works better. The camera wasn't supposed to be in that angle, but but uh, yeah, go with it. And uh, that's that's how it stays fun. That's how you don't burn out in NFT land. I think because as you said, this space I've never been in a space that's moving so quickly. Yeah, you can get whiplash. My goodness, the um the Christie's piece mm -hmm. though. What's the mechanic there? The the winner can remove the helmet if they'd like, or keep the character unrevealed yeah we wanted to have this uh, kind of um, functionality uh, built in and we had to do what we could do within kind of 
also like a fairly limited uh, time frame. But we're working with we work with Async Art, who worked previously with Maika. And uh, the piece that is hosted on Christie actually changes uh, over time. So in the morning, uh, it looks different and there's kind of like a sun cycle it goes through. Um, and then the, there's a choice when the, uh, the collector who buys it can indeed uh, decide to turn on or off that layer. So they can choose to reveal uh, the new character and, and turn off the helmet. By default, it's on. Uh, but the, also, they uh, get to name the character. Wow! And uh, it's very funny because we, you know, we're talking to some people about it, and this other creative guy was like, "Yeah, that would give me so much anxiety." <laughs> but, I have know, anxiety thinking about it because <laughs> you have uh, these. You had these. Yeah. So um, you had these, these these memes in the past where the, I think in England they had this ship and they had this contest where where like uh, oh everybody can uh, name it it becomes like poopy poop face yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. Bodie McBoat face I think it was I don't know. <laughs> well, well what happened with uh, Mike Slime Sunday our our third host he's a little busy tonight but um, he had him and Blau did a release where the one of one auction piece you could name it if you if you wanted and I think. They named the song like Gunkies Rising or something like that. It was just an oddball yeah, name. I mean, not, never never mind what the name becomes. Then it I mean that's part of the story then. And then True. that's part yeah. of the journey that embrace it and uh, yeah. It's cool to see Async kind of being yeah. kind of looped in here too, because they had that successful um drop and he was hyping him async up when we were talking to him. Um Maybe I just overlooked that, but I'm just realizing now that they're a part of that. It's cool to see. Async Arts making moves. I think they have a um, a new screen that they're doing with Netgear called like the Meat Mural or something like that too. They're uh, doing digital screens. They're only like 500, 600 bucks, like for I think 24 inch screens. Not bad. Oh, really? Yeah. And I think you can That's subscribe. Yeah. It's no free ads, but the... Uh, you can subscribe to get like uh, I think it's sixty nine dollars a month or something, and it just rotates through like their top art from Async Art. I don't know how that oh, works with wow. NFT contracts though, because that seems kind of odd. Could just be a JPEG. <laughs> it's just well, I mean, look, that that goes back to the whole discussion about uh, you know the idea of NFT art is you can share it all you want, but not everybody can sell or buy it. So if you right. can put a JPEG on the internet, then you can stream all the art on async uh you bought the token but, yeah yeah but i do get see there are people that say and there's something to this like in the future these these nfts will have more utility and, and then you can like put in the contract where if you buy it then you suddenly you get access to i don't know maybe the commercial rights to it or like uh the platforms that it maybe there's like a netflix for nfts where you do host these nfts and then um, you can make playlists. Um, yeah, that's interesting. I, I mean, I, I don't have like a, like a, a purist uh, a view on that. I, I think whatever the uh, whatever the owner wants to put in the contract will be will be good for something like that. But I, I love the whole innovation with the digital screens, um, and especially like uh, the like good. Uh, although it's not really been where I've been doing work, but like really beautiful, like programmable art really having like a painting in your room that has like changes depending on uh, environment changes or uh, like day and night, uh, but even 
people walking by, uh, sounds that are being being heard. That's that's really you know that that will really connect more also to the people that understand art but don't understand NFTs. Right. Because you, you tell them what NFTs are, they're like, yeah, but how did you use it? What, how do you you know? <laughs> And then if you tell them like some cool digital art project where I saw this public space art project where you just huge grass, uh, how do you call it, grass leaves or huge grass projected and every person that walks by the, the grass kind of uh, goes apart, you know, it's kind yeah. of like your little wind going through the grass. Uh, that's shit like that. I love that. And then people totally get that because that's like, oh yeah. So they do stuff like that in Disneyland. Have you ever worked with like, obviously Aku is going to be the new Disney and we're all sure of it, but this, uh, like the way they do those theme parks now is a lot of like projected light and they have a lot of special effects that I think could be, I don't know, enhanced by VR. They could, you know, turn some more experiences into like, I don't know, I don't know where the technology is heading, but I've been amazed. That's, did you ever go to, I went to Las Vegas where I did the Wreck-It Ralph VR experience. You got, you got Star Wars as well. There's some other places you can do. If you, if you get the chance to do it, you get this backpack and you get this headset and headphones and you get this gun. And you're just like, you know, you are in this other world and you're actually, you know, you're walking around, you're, you're shooting at stuff and, and, uh, <laughs> Now, if you take off your, your goggles a little bit during it, which of course as a developer you do because you want to see like the behind the smoke and mirrors, then your gun is like super simple piece of, uh, of metal, but in game it's this whole like uh, three-dimensional uh, 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 gun. And um, I've, I've been told I didn't do that one, that the Star Wars experience is also great. Um, but that's like, those experiences are very, like scalable and you can update them just like software, you know, you can, uh, I think that's really kind of the future of, of, of theme parks. Um, and that's also this other kind of arcade uh, uh, corner where, where VR is also pretty successful. Growing number of, uh, now you've got these uh, zombie shooter uh, like in these big arenas where you actually put on VR goggles and you're actually just moving around and hiding behind things uh, like room scale uh, uh, VR. And then, yeah, of course, maybe they add uh, also like heat. Uh, they have like a heat cannon and they have like a wind and uh, I don't know if they have water. I think water is an issue with all the technology. <laughs> it's crazy how much that adds. Just a little bit of heat, a little bit of wind and your brain is like so much more there. Yeah, Disney calls them like the 4D rides where they'll pump like smells in or like they'll like spray water, like the Avatar ride. It's like unbelievable. Like the the thing breathes while you're sitting on it. Wow. Oh, I would, I would love to do that. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't done that. But back to your other project. So we've covered Micah and the Aku uh, venture there, but How's Artifacts going? We haven't talked to RD in a little while, and we've seen the the steady rollout of the new 3D sculptures. And actually, I just told Larry today that you're you're the artist that I own the most work of out of my entire collection uh, at this point, because I have six of them. So I'm really stoked. Oh, wow, that's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, no, that Artifacts project is funny, Roger. Reached out to me. I don't remember exactly what the first 
connection was, but obviously he'd seen my work uh, in 3D. And now in NFTs, there's, there's a lot of 3D artists, uh, obviously, but kind of what I did differently, what, which, which I kind of did on purpose from the beginning, uh, was the real-time 3D. So I'm super rare, like all my art, like almost all my art pieces are real-time 3D stuff. You can like, you know, you can rotate it, it runs in your browser. So, so Roger, I guess, realized that, you know, if he wanted to have like 3D objects of these uh, uh, 2D uh, art pieces, uh, like running in your browser, you know, you need somebody with a, that, like kind of that specific um, technical skill and then uh, he called me up and he told me what his idea was. And I went, wow, that's great. That's great. But that's, you know, that's also crazy. Like <laughs> the amount you want to do and the time scale you want to do it on. Um, so I did talk him down a little bit in terms of like uh, how, because, because I told him you're dealing with all these artists and you're not going to be able to, they're all great people, but also, it's not going to be like straightforward. Oh, give me your art piece. Thank you. We'll do this. And then they're busy with a lot of so other stuff, busy. too. Yeah. <laughs> so busy. And it's also, and this is where I felt kind of a big responsibility. You're taking their artwork and you are transforming it because, you know, and I think they all understood it, which is great because they're all digital artists. They understand that every platform has its own like limitations. So they understood it couldn't be if they had some beautiful smoke painted. I couldn't really recreate that smoke. I could try it and it looked shitty. So I choose a different route and focus on a different part of the of the piece. Um, so anyway, that that uh, um, yeah, we started kind of rolling that out. And um, fortunately, a lot of these three uh, artists are like use three D models to create their art. So like communicating with them, seeing if we could get like some source materials from them to use as basically like a base that you then kind of create stuff over that just um, kind of lightweight enough to, to run in your browser. And it's been great kind of to seeing the response and to see how, um, especially since we were started to doing some of the AR filters, the, the Snapchat filters with them as well. Um, and it just gives a whole different vibe because now, now you're seeing it in people's backyards and you're seeing it yeah. in nature and uh, you're seeing it everywhere. And, and yeah, definitely like pushing that into the future, the AR NFT stuff is also something that like the tech, the tech is just, just isn't there, but everybody's working on it. So like in the future, you'll have your 3D art piece and you'll put it in VR, but you'll put it in a specific spot in the world. It'll be there and everybody can see it, but only when you show up at the AR art piece, because you were the owner, you know, and it will recognize you and I'll check the blockchain and be like, oh yeah, this guy's the owner. You know, some beautiful animation uh, will happen that nobody else will see. So uh, you know, <laughs> you'll invite your friends to come along with you to, you know, I want to show you what it can do, but it'll, it'll I can't wait. do it. Or just on your birthday or something, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like that's uh, the special kind of magic you can do or like you want to propose to your girlfriend, but you now you do it through an AR NFT at a at a, at a beautiful pond somewhere you with know. a fuck render crystal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, so we know you guys are paired up with rare rooms as well. So we've seen what they look like in rare room flipping around in 3d and you've seen the AR filters with Snapchat. And I know you guys have built this out in a way to continue on into the future with whatever technology progresses. Like where else could you see these in use? So 
I talked a little bit earlier about like VR chat, so these uh, big social multiplayer environments. Uh, and the good thing about VR chat is that you can go in uh, uh, with a headset, but also without. So if you want to do desktop, you can still do it. I think a platform like that, um, maybe like a specific platform or, or your own platform, um, would be uh, you know would be very good good thing we could do like just like a beautiful art park uh, or something like a, or an open air museum and that would that would still be more like a static environment social environment you could host events there you could meet people there uh, but you could take it further I mean there's some pieces uh, uh, like the Blake Catherine one I really could see it in a in a cool dystopian sci-fi uh, uh, game as just like uh, an asset, like an environment asset or something. Yeah. So yeah, kind of like the storytelling, the gaming elements. And, and now these are all relatively static sculptures, which is also because of the platform. Roger was like, it's imperative that it, it runs in your browser and on your mobile phone, because like the accessibility was a big thing for him, which just has consequences for what you can do. So if you go to a different platform where you like, you know, a platform, social digital platform that I was just talking about, you're already assuming you're on a PC, like with some beefy enough to handle that. You will make your assets differently for those things and, and they'll be able to do uh, do more things. Yeah, I mean, like the, the, the future is, is there. Um, this is really the art side of it, but of course the, the NFT and the gaming world are already like getting heavily married where these games where you do these in-app purchases, like the micro purchases, uh, if you connect that to the whole NFT uh, uh, world, then, you know, and you connect that back to the art world and let's say you're in this art park and you see these beautiful fuck rendered pieces around you and then maybe there is a special uh, uh, NFT, you can only buy in-game and only at a certain event. Maybe you can only buy it if you and 10 other people do the same like ritual, you know? Right. <laughs> I'm just like... <laughs> you can do anything. You can touch one crystal yeah. and it pulls you and into you know, the fuck universe and then you're in another metaverse. <laughs> yeah, I mean, absolutely. That's the kind of magic that we, you know, we start have to start really thinking about. This is just a technology, but for all these artists to really use their creativity and uh, think how these all are like portals into other worlds. Because every artist, and that's, that's so cool that's in this space, you realize, I was already aware that there are many, many great artists, but I was totally unaware of how, how many there were, like, and how many are just creating, like some for years, like secretly creating things that could be like huge IPs, like, Right for movies or comic books, and and somehow all this is uh, coming to the surface now. It is crazy. Uh, I can't uh, I can't help but think or wonder of the pieces you've got so far to work on and sculpt. Which one were you like? How the fuck am I gonna do this? <laughs> so that's well, several actually. They the. The Jason E. Buyer, you know, he's got the really sexy lady, the really shiny. Uh, yep. I mean, it's so, like, the material is so important for how that piece sure. functions. Like, the, 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 that glossiness, that's really the, you cannot do it without it. And I was already, like, I figured out a way to kind of to do reflections, kind of fake reflections. 
which I mean, I didn't come up with it. It's kind of a method you use in gaming, but still to kind of make it look good within the rare rooms uh, stuff, I've kind of figured it out. But now she's wearing this hat, semi-transparent cloth. That's also very shiny. And yeah, and then it's then it's like uh, then I was already like, yeah, I can make something. If you see it, and you know this is the piece. It refers to it, but yeah, it's not going to be as as good as that as that two D piece. So so hopefully, like the fact that it's in three D adds its own element to it. Um, and there were more cases like that where yeah, you just can't. Um, so the uh, Morbacher piece, the angel, Asriel, uh, standing there with the book and he yeah, has the, yeah. his big wing. It's very painterly. And that, that whole sky that adds so much of the atmosphere. Uh, yeah, that's, you're going to lose that. And even like the painterly way in way the feathers were done. If I had like a month to work on it, I, I, I could have, there were other ways to do it. But there was just like, let me just try to focus on what his design was and, and show that as best as I can. And again, now it's in 3D and now you can do all those other things with it. I, it's sometimes it's a little bit painful where you know I have to certain aspects I have to let go that I really like in the, in the painting. But that's also me being an artist and, and looking at it and being like, oh, what if somebody took a piece of me and turned it into something? But again, all these artists being like super understanding that this is a different thing. It's a different format. It's a it's a it's a transformation of sorts and and. and you will win things, you will win the three-dimensional aspect and the utility aspect and all those other things, and you will lose some aspects. So that's been really the thing that sometimes like in the middle of the night, I would think about. And I was uh, I saw Roger talking with four of these NFT artists and one of them was Blake Catherine and they were talking about it. And then my, my name came up and then Blake uh, was like, and I'm really looking forward to see uh, how Dirk is uh, translating these, uh, uh, these images and then it hit me like oh shit yeah this is like her art piece she's worked in it for a long time i hope you get to make your own 3d sculpture of yourself your self-portrait and then all yeah. the artists get to do the 2d version oh that, <laughs> that's a good idea yeah i was actually thinking about it they're like inverse uh do uh, an inverse of that yeah interesting Float that out to Roger. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. I'm but sure. you got to you got to turn it into a game, and you're like the final boss. Yeah. So, you gotta... <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. so we'll just keep waiting for the tech to catch up. Yep. Imagine that some 3D game where all these 3D sculptures somehow are like characters or enemies or uh, that'd be fucking that'd be like oh, art affects the game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'd be like mushrooms. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's like a good batch um sure. no man that, that stuff all looks like just watching tyler's drum to, uh, come together with like his matching pieces to your stuff i obviously want to compliment you because it's it, it it all comes out super clean and it all translates uh very well and, and i'm assuming that there's got to be like your self-critical because any artist I, I always would just assume is and then there's just another layer of this is someone else's work so <laughs> commend mm -hmm. you for that because that that that's that's definitely not easy stuff to do. No, and it's it, but it's yeah, but it's I, I guess most artists all all have this thing. Whatever you do, you have a contentious relationship with your own art. It's it's weird looking at your own art, and the best remedy for that is 
quickly make something else after that. Just keep <laughs> going. And then when you're five, six pieces into something else, then you look back, you have some perspective, uh, but you just like uh, keep the momentum and uh, don't, don't overthink things too much, at least for me. So do you have any other uh, projects you're working on? Are those two pretty much taking up all your time at this point? Well, uh, they, they are taking, um, yeah, like all of my time, but I did make a cool thing um, just a while ago, the, uh, that museum I was talking about for virtual reality, it's called like the Museum of Other Realities. They're all also hosting some events. So this year they're also hosting the Cannes Film Festival and the Tribeca Film oh, Festival. Shit. They kind of came together. And I think there was a third one, I forgot. Uh, and I made an environment for them where they could showcase their uh, um, their movies. So basically, I made this little uh, kind of tropical garden, which is kind of a diorama. And then you stand in front of it and you, again, teleport yourself into it. And then you become super small or like the diorama becomes huge. Then you walk through it and then there are like these several beams. And if you step in one of those beams, you get transported into one of the uh, like experiences for the uh, certain film you can see. So, and that was something that they, they needed to do fairly quickly. And it's really kind of in my alley. So like the kind of world building stuff, but make sure it can it's optimized enough for VR. That's really what I, I love to do most. And I really love their museum. So that's definitely a group that I would always try to make some time for if they, uh, they want to get something made. Um, because I think they're, they're really one of the first to really get VR and art uh, right in the in the digital space. So everybody that has a VR headset should definitely check out that uh, that museum. There are some other little. There's an, uh, another artist here on the island uh, that I got to know was also a digital artist, and I've kind of introduced him into NFTs, um, which is very interesting, especially if you're living on this, on an island like this. You're trying to make a living. You're very isolated. There's not a huge art market on an island like this. <laughs> if you can then like, although he's he's doing. He's, fairly well known it's, you know can really help also have a foot in the nft art market and so we're uh, we're working on something to do like a little collab because since i got involved in these projects i haven't like uh, put out a personal nft art for like months uh it's been it's i don't i think it's a bad thing i like working on these projects and, and this is the output i'm having now but i think that if I can go back to and, and do like a personal piece, uh, pro probably be a, be a collab with uh, uh, with him. He's uh, Giovanni Zanolino, uh, Curacao uh, artist. And yeah, actually been uh, been talking to a lot of people here on the island who are very interested in like those digital uh, kind of the digital art skills and and what the way what in what ways you could actually make make a living uh, out of it because it doesn't necessarily have to be NFTs. And this island is really, you know, we have like good internet uh, and really it's all you need, you know. Yeah, we have exactly. a, a coffee machine, I have uh, uh, beautiful weather. So uh, yeah, more and more people are, I, I'm getting some messages every now and then. People are like, what are they, what is it like living there? And, uh, <laughs> and especially after or during COVID, a lot of people on Twitter, like, artists working remotely thinking about like why why couldn't I just at least for a couple of years live on a in a very different uh different place. So yeah. That's that was also interesting to kind of notice. 
Anything left on Super Rare of yours? Oh yeah, yeah, you can just, no, there's definitely some unsold work on, uh, on Super Rare. Uh, yeah. We'll have to go check those out. Yeah, 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 no, definitely. You can, you can check them out, yeah. Well, this has been awesome, Dirk. We had a great time talking with you, and um, it's great to hear the other side of the Aku story and put it all together and get some background on, like, where VR is heading. So we're pumped. Thanks, guys. I really enjoyed it. I, I go off on tangents uh, sometimes, but uh, I hope it was... Uh... It all makes sense. Our best episodes are when we do less talking. So it's <laughs> what, perfect. What a good place. Yeah. If you never need a tangent, like, yeah. Hey, give me 10 minutes. All right, fine. Yeah. We'll book that up. Don't worry about it. That's okay, uh, Thanks for your time, dude. Yeah, it was great to meet yeah. you. And uh, looking forward to see where all this stuff goes. Cool, man. Thanks so much. Catch you later, Jerk. Okay. Bye-bye. Enjoy island life. I it's still on uh, Eastern Standard. We're still, we've got the same. It's perfect. Yeah, you know, like timing-wise, it's uh, with clients, especially in the U.S., it's uh, also, it's better than when it was in the Netherlands. Because, uh, yeah. Oh, true. Nice. Catch you later. Yes, bye-bye. Damn, that's nifty. What's up, guys? Hey, Dave. How are you? Good. What's going on with you? Oh, you know, just like last minute, kind of crunch time, so... Um, then uh then getting ready for the next drop <laughs> well yeah. i think it's fair to say that this, this um uh turnaround time scheduling wise kind of averages out to probably a little bit more of a, a more normal time frame compared to the first one so um, honestly no the first one was a lot easier than this one <laughs> a part of that was probably just because i spent uh, probably a little bit too much time um right after that first release uh, i knew i should have you know dove or dive whatever right into it but uh um i procrastinated a little bit um so it's kind of like down to the down to the wire now last time i had the i had all the assets delivered like i think two weeks before and this time i'm like is it cool if I give them to you like, you know, two days before? <laughs> They're like, uh, ideally it'd be a week. So, um, so I gotta, gotta, I gotta try to have them finished up by, uh, I think Thursday or Friday. So, which I, I should be able to do, but a lot of late nights. Yeah. Crunch time. So 9am probably feels like noon on a Wednesday at this point. But congrats well, I, on that dude. I mean, um, that was, a uh, good to see kind of everything was executed well, um, for the, from the first drop. Oh, the first one was, I, I was really, I was blown away by that. That was, I mean, you never know what to expect with these things, but, um, yeah, uh, but the, the community really came out and that was, that was pretty sweet. And, uh, yeah, definitely, uh, you know, getting a chance to interact with all the people who, who collected and, uh, um, yeah, just, uh, that, uh, I don't even know what to say that it was just an amazing experience. So, um, hopefully this one will be, hopefully this one will be good as well. Yeah, man. I mean, we're looking forward to it and it was, it's honestly kind of a quick turnaround time for you. So. I don't even know if it's considered procrastinating, but um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll cut you some slack there. It feels yeah, fast. Right. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. I, you know, this is a part two in, in, a, in a three part, um, a three part story or series or whatever you want to call it. But uh, um, I know that I, I've talked to Nifty and um, we talked about, you know, the, the schedule for um, the third drop. And I think that they had kind of said something like maybe along the lines of October. Um, but the third one, if this one is killing me, I think the third one is the third one's going to be kind of like the, the, the big one. So uh, I may need to push that back a little bit. So that <laughs> time to breathe a little bit so and i gotta play pickleball i mean I, i'm you know that's true it's pickleball season <laughs> <laughs> i see it popping up everywhere i swear to god it's... and then after we talked to you that i i got i saw that highlight that i i sent to you just on 
No, it was just a, a match on a random channel, random sports channel, pickleball it's playing. The it's fastest nice. growing sport in the nation, I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah, it's beat lacrosse in terms of pace. <laughs> I think it's just because it's one of those things that you can probably do well into old age. I mean, uh, I used to play basketball, um, you know, like recreationally when I was in, in high school and um, like in, in like intramural leagues in college. And um, it just got to a point where like you'd be playing with, with some of the older guys and you just fall and get hurt. And it's just like, I can't do this anymore. So, uh, so now I've got to, I got to go to the, the, the less intense sports like pickleball. Yeah, not that pickleball is not that. intense, but <laughs> Yeah, it's a good balance. Um, yeah. Yeah. I uh, I've been noticing the crumb crumb trail. You've been kind of leading towards um, at least through Instagram and the financiers. Is was that the piece that you that you just put a little quick sneak oh, yeah. there for financiers? Yeah, financiers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So I wanted this. The second uh, drop is is kind of. Um, like I said, it's chapter two in a three-part series, but this one, it's the story is not necessarily told in order. Um, and so, you know, the first one obviously had all of the ships and they're up to sea and all of that. Um, and this this drop is going to focus a little bit more on um, the, the the people and kind of events, um, giving some backstory. So, um, so and, and obviously recontextualized through, you know, through happenings in the crypto world. And, uh, and if you saw the Instagram post, then... Um, I, I, I'm fascinated by this whole like avatar, um, uh, <laughs> experience and, uh, and phenomenon. I, I think it's just absolutely, um, it's just fascinating. So, um, so I wanted to, I, a lot of, the, a lot of what I do winds up being kind of, um, I want to say like a recording of history, um, but um, but definitely um, capturing my experience of this space and um, and my perception of it and uh, sort of you know mirroring that back through the artwork. And so I, I there's no way I could have done that without at least you know kind of telling that that part of the the story, I guess, because it's it's everywhere. It's it's crazy. Yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of a, a scribe to the time. <laughs> um, you're just kind of marking as it's going, and, and that's how you have to work in order to kind of keep up with everything if you're going you know pop culture wise and if you're talking nft pop culture i guess that's kind of what you got to do what's been uh when did you decide like kind of the route you're going to go did everything come together kind of quick or i know you kind of had some things in place before yeah i had had a storyline um and i've had the storyline kind of since the um since the the before the first drop honestly but um um it's it's kind of just deciding how to tell that story i guess um and that's always for me that's always like the most difficult part and honestly i think i've mentioned this before maybe the 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 last um podcast but uh um doing anything digitally for me takes like 10 times longer than doing it physically and so um like that painting the financiers um i did that that's a physical painting and um so that actually went you know much more smoothly for me than the the digital work that I'm doing um, just because it's just more natural for me to to use oil paints and a paintbrush. Whereas um, I'm learning how to use um, a lot of the digital tools and I've been learning for probably the last, you know, I don't know, five or six years or whatever, but I don't think that they'll ever be quite as natural to me as, you know, the, the physical um, oil paints and, and paintbrush. So, um, and, and it's always kind of my goal to make sure that the, the digital pieces actually look like paintings. So that, that gets very difficult. And so those have, have been, I've been working on this one piece. It's killing me. Um, <laughs> I need to get um, done for it for, for this release. Cause it, it kind of like ties everything up, up nicely, but uh, it's been a, it's been, it's been a pain in the ass. <laughs> So there are multiple pieces in this next drop. Yeah, yeah. So there's um, 
Oof, what do I got? So uh, there's the the rewards for the people that can solve the puzzle from the first one, uh, from the first release. Um, so there's that, the original painting uh, plus the number one of 10 that'll be given away. Then there's the subsequent nine um, out of that addition of 10 that will go to the next nine people that can, can solve the, the puzzle. Um, and then there's another rewards, what's it's a, a collector only drop rather I should say. Um, and I don't know, you may have seen that or may not have, um, but I, I posted that on, on both Twitter and Instagram mm -hmm. as well, but that's like the, the mountain graffiti piece. Yep. So that'll be a collector only draw. Um, and then I've got the map piece, which is going to be, um, an addition. And that is the, um, that's the piece that'll kind of help people figure out how to find the information that was hidden in the, in the first, in the first drop, and then how to use that information. Um, and that it's, it's kind of that in and of itself is buried into a piece of artwork. So, um, so it won't be too, too difficult for people to figure this out once they get the map piece. Um, but it's, I, I needed to do it in a way that the the map or the key or whatever you want to call it uh was a piece of artwork as well and so so that's going to be an addition and then i've got the the one of one painting um and then there's a variant one or two variants of that that um uh, will be uh additions and and then this last piece that is uh, the one that's that's killing me that kind of ties everything together <laughs> <laughs> So with the map pieces, uh, is there a date that that's going to be released? Like the, the visual of it before the drop actually happens? Yeah. I've been talking to Nifty about that and, you know, it's interesting because like, I didn't want to give it away, um, too quickly. Um, and so the, the way that we're, we're going to structure this is that I think they're going to make that image available probably like a day or two before the, um, the drop, but you'll need to, once, once people can see that the, you know, the hunt is on, um, and people can then start solving the puzzle and it's just going to be kind of like, um, how can I say this without giving too much away? Um, the first 10 people will be able to solve the puzzle, but they'll need to be holding uh, the map NFT anyways in order to actually like collect the rewards. So, mm -hmm. um, so we'll have that set in a, a, a date kind of, you know, probably like a week or two after the, after the, the drop. Um, so they'll still be able to solve it and, um, and, and win. They just won't be able to collect until, you know, the two weeks are up and they're holding that, the, the required NFTs. Nice, nice. Yeah. So. Uh, oh, okay. I like that. There's That's a... making it like really fun, actually. I yeah. Like all the yeah. Dynamics of it. It's, you know, it's funny because I had a bunch of people um, through Twitter and Discord and, and all of that um, asking for for hints on what what the, and I you know I'm I'm trying not to give anything away because I don't <laughs> want to be uh, um, unfair to anybody, but uh, um, <laughs> there was one person, and I'll just tell this if anybody else is, this is like a nugget too. This one person was like, you know, I've I've been searching and searching and searching, and you know, I've noticed a couple of things. Um, he's like, you know, there's like. Um, uh, not odd number, but a different number of portholes on the different uh, editions of the, of the ships. And there's different numbers of seagulls and things like that. And I was like, I will give you this one hint that has absolutely nothing to do with the portal. I just put that in there to throw people off. And he's like, yeah. oh, he's like the one thing that I found has nothing to do with the puzzle. So <laughs> sounds like one of the too much lag detectives right there. <laughs> reading a little bit too deep into it <laughs> but uh but anyways yeah so they're uh um but i've had a couple people um who i think might be on the right track um but uh yeah i didn't want to make it too 
I, I wanted to make it solvable and fun, but not not too easy to solve. And I think I I may have actually done a, a decent job in 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 really hiding this stuff because I I almost thought that people would would pick it up immediately, but um, so far that's not been the case. So you've been testing it out with like friends and family or something? No, no. This is just through um, the people who. Um, have messaged me and, you know, are, are looking. Um, and, you know, I've got high res images of all the, um, of all the pieces from the last drop on the, on the website. So people can go, um, and, and, you know, click through. And if they have the prints too, they can also, um, look at the prints, but, uh, um, yeah, this is just, just, just from feedback that I've gotten from, um, from people on the interwebs. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's fun. I, I, I enjoy this. Um, um, it's, it, it kind of added a, a fun element to it that, uh, was more than just kind of just releasing artwork. I thought was, that was, that was a, a fun thing to do. Were you expecting any of that kind of community, um, contribution when you initially had this idea? It seems to be common across it. Yeah. The, when I got into this space, like I had no idea what to expect. Cause I mean, I think you've probably heard this from a number of people before too, that especially if you come from the, um, the traditional art world you know you don't really expect that um the the nft community is going to welcome you with open arms because you know you're not like a, um, one of the pioneers in in the digital side of things and um so i was definitely a little bit worried about that but everybody has been so nice and it's been it's been you know very welcoming and i i really definitely appreciate that from from everybody so um you know when you have someone like oh, i got like today it was today or maybe yesterday i don't remember but uh um um fuck render dropped into my uh um my twitter and i was like oh shit like this guy is like a legend and i've been following his work for for quite some time and it's like you know to be able to interact with these people, it's like, wow, holy shit. So the, the one of my friends, um, Josie Bellini, who's actually from the last time I told you, I, I, um, uh, I was telling the story about how I actually got involved with, uh, with Nifty. She was actually the person who, who set up that, uh, that introduction and she's been super, super helpful. And, um, you know, just the entire community has been awesome. Yeah. It's, it, it's almost like you have, uh, kind of like what you're doing is it, there's different chapters to things and you got to kind of figure out as you go, what can be utility and, and what can, you know, be something that's, um, you know, considered art, fine art, physical art. You know, it, it's just cool that you can kind of take it where, wherever, you know, you can kind of take the pulse to the people. Yeah. Um, well, and I think I said that last time too, that ultimately where I want to go with this is, is to, to, to marry the, um, the programmatic and mm -hmm. uh, side of things with the art um and that i you know i'm hoping to do uh for the third which is why i think i need to push that off for for a little bit because i want to make sure it's done right and um, um i've got a lot of of you know playing and learning to do before i can actually do what i want to do so um that's ultimately the direction i want to go with it but uh um for now it's kind of just telling that story through a mix of both uh, the traditional and, and and new mediums so dave do you think anyone will try in the traditional art world to gamify the art in a way to have like scavenger hunts and stuff like that without embracing NFTs, like just try it without the digital aspect? I, you know, I hope so. I, again, I think that there's so much that, you know, that the traditional world can learn from, from the NFT space and vice versa. Um, you know, it, I, the sky's the limit, you know, this, I actually, I loved what, um, uh, um, oh God, my brain is absolutely fried. What was his name? Uh, I'm, I'm blanking on, on his name. He does the, he did the, the, um, the, the screens actually embedded into the physical pieces. Oh, uh, thank you, X. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. There, duh. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is what happens when you, when you don't get enough sleep and you 
spend 16 hours a day in front of the screen. You're just brain that's, that's the only people we talk to, man. It's, <laughs> it's all the same. It's everybody's brain melting out of their ears at this point. So. Um, but anyways, yeah, I mean, I, I think what he, what he did was, was really, really cool. And, um, you know, I think that there's going to be, um, a lot of crossover and, 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 um, ingenuity in, in, in that way. So I'm excited to see what people do. Yeah, man. I, well, I, um, I'm looking back, uh, through your Instagram again, do you know, and, and excuse me if you already said this, but what were the pieces that were going to be for the public for anyone and then collector only? Could you break that down again? Yeah, sure. So the um, the mountain graffiti scene is going or piece rather is going to be for collectors only. Yeah. Uh, and that'll be a super limited, super cheap um, draw. Um, then you've got the puzzle rewards, which obviously will be for people who solve the puzzle and hold on to uh, the pieces from the last drop. And uh, I think you also need to collect like the map piece from uh, from this drop. So mm-hmm. uh, and then the and I, I'm still like uh, solidifying the um, the mechanics, but um, as far as I know right now, there's going to be uh, the map, which is in addition, and it'll be the same as Embark from the last one, I believe, in, in terms of price and and uh, edition size. Yeah. And, um, the the one of one, which is the financiers, and then there's going to be uh, one or two uh, variants of the financiers um, as additions. No, so yeah, I was. I guess I was um, kind of finding myself curious to like, what mechanics were. N- are there any new mechanics that you're utilizing this time around? Um, you know, and kind of figuring out the numbers. I feel like they're just like a shitload of math that needs to be done <laughs> to just figure out the right way to do it. It's interesting because my wife and I were talking about. My wife is the the, the sort of business side of all of this stuff, um, and so she's the one that's you know managing the website and putting things together and making sure that everything gets to where it needs to go and and sort of all of the logistics of of um, number crunching and all of that kind of falls on her. But she and I were talking today because they have that that leaderboard um, uh, new mechanic right where and I don't know how new that is, but it, I haven't seen it very often uh, until oh the until, ranked auction thing that's yeah cool. yeah. It is, but the thing that that was interesting um, that we had a discussion about that, it, I, I don't see necessarily how that um, helps the secondary, right? Not because, at all. Well, that's the thing, right? Yeah. So it's just it's like already finding its price on the primary, and right. it's hard to go up from there. That's that's very true. Right. So, and, you know, I definitely, from my perspective, like secondary market is, is of, of primary concern for me, I, I would say, just because, you know, I think that um, aside from making sure that the artwork is, is good and people get something that they actually want to look at, um, I want to make sure it's something that um, is going to be beneficial for everybody. So, um, so I'm not sure that I would do that. Um, I, I don't know. Um, so I don't think that there's anything from, I don't, what, what new mechanics have they come out with? Honestly, I haven't even been, been paying attention to the the drops as much lately, just because I've been so balls deep in this. <laughs> no, no, I, I guess today they did something um, where they were able to connect someone's uh, piece that wasn't contracted to Nifty, Nest Graphics. They like brought the Bored Apes piece and, and brought it into like Nifty. I, I, w- I just wasn't sure. I mean, uh, it seems like they're being able to like let people utilize pieces as you know tickets almost right to enter these these collector raffles and i wasn't sure if they were doing it or you were trying to bend anything with them because you know it's interesting too there the the guy that actually won the one of one um from the last release he actually moved his one of one off to to a cold wallet and um 
And I asked uh, my contact at, at Nifty if that was going to be um, a problem for him to enter the, the collector only draw. And it, it seems like right now, at least it is, because there's no way that they can verify um, automatically, I guess, the, um, you know, that, that the verification process, I guess, would be, would be cumbersome. So, um, so he's actually going to have to move the, the NFT back to, to Nifty for, for anyways, the time being. So, um, but yeah, I, I think it's going to be interesting also to see how the different uh, platforms start to, to play together um, and something that was minted on, you know, OpenSea or whatever being brought on to, to Nifty and how does that count and all of that. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like there's still like a ton behind trying to figure out the proper way to do this in it all goes back to having to do it like in real time, right? Well, yeah. there's all these moving pieces. So yeah, just to connect the story to kind of the mechanics on both sides, I, um, I just find it super interesting and impressive to be able to get it yeah. done the way you've done it. So I think um, I, I liked the, the, the mechanics that, that I use or that Nifty used for the, the, the first drop. I actually really liked that. I think we covered pretty much all of the bases in yeah. terms of, you know, making sure that there was enough work, but also limited amounts where people could actually get it. But then there's also, you know, we, we had a silent auction in the last one too. So I think there will be this, this last piece that I'm working on right now is slated to be a silent auction. So um, same thing, kind of like an addition of 10 or whatever. So, so we're, we're still covering all the bases. It, it'll follow pretty much the same format, I think is the last one, since I, I think that that worked out pretty well. Um, so hundred percent, hundred percent. I'm actually flipping through it right now. And the number of pieces is perfect. The amount, but then it's also, you, you look at like, 555 bucks an addition of 10 259 entries like you have to get you have to piece it all together especially at the time like when this first one was dropping to yeah the to market was really way. wonky then well it's still pretty wonky now isn't it or is it is it, it, it is talk? but i feel like the tides are shifting i don't know i feel like a general sentiment on twitter is that the the outlook on nfts are are bright and i think that everyone's kind of feeling that the secondary market starting to churn again and you see bigger brands hopping in. Like I saw some dumb thing with Space Jam on Nifty.com. <laughs> and the website is absolutely horrendous. But I mean, at least we're seeing mainstream adoption. Yeah. Yeah. Which, yeah, that's, that's, I guess that could be a good or a bad thing. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, 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 that's, that's something that from the last release, definitely I was paying attention to the market quite a bit um, and, and, and using that, that sort of barometer to try to, figure out what mechanics to to use this time i have not been paying attention at all just because um like we said the last time first of all blinders second of all just just mm -hmm. from a time standpoint um you know i've been paying attention to the um the crypto markets just because i've i'm invested in there and watching all my money disappear has been fun but uh <laughs> but uh, agreed <laughs> but uh it's nice looking at it when you had it <laughs> yeah right yeah. that three month uh, high point that you just uh, keep looking back at going man i could have been there well at least i mean i i'm, I'm thankful that that's not when i that, that i got in at the, yeah. the high point obviously because I, I mean even at the high point i mean people were um people were touting that these were you know the all-time highs were were way off yet and you know uh, I don't know if you've heard of like the stock to flow model for Bitcoin. People were saying that, oh, you know, by the end of this year, we'll be seeing crazy numbers. Like, I don't know. hundred thousand. Yeah. Or some, whatever. Um, I think, uh, I think we may be a little bit off the mark on that one. But, uh, <laughs> I don't know. We could be in for a great summer. Yeah. Well, and that's the other, I don't know if, it, if like the crypto, um, the crypto markets affect the, the NFT markets 
I, I don't know if there's any correlation there, but I, I would imagine there, there must be a little bit, right? Well, when ETH goes down, I feel like NFTs are actually on sale in a lot of ways. And then when ETH goes up, people are wary to spend it, or at least I was, because it was a better investment at that time. It's like, why would I spend this? Like, it's very valuable right now. Yeah, that's also that's also interesting too because you go on a place like OpenSea and you look at what what you know the the prices are for for all of these different things and you see the price in ETH and you really have no idea what the person actually paid because it's the the price fluctuates exactly yeah you know what I mean it's like uh, it's very confusing but um, yeah so I I I I don't know what to expect with this one um, I'm still going to offer uh, physical prints with every NFT so I mean I think that that's you know a little bit of an incentive too for for people um, I was actually surprised by the number of people who were excited by the physical prints um, I thought given that it was the NFT space um, that people would be you know they would care a little bit less about the physical but it seems like most people it seems like we've actually brought in I got so many messages from people who were saying, you know, like this is the first physical piece of artwork I've ever bought. You know, I, I'm, um, I've been collecting NFTs for some time, but I, I have no idea how to frame this. What should I do? Um, and that was really, really cool for me too to see that. You know, there's that that bleed over from, um, from from people who are used to collecting um, a digital asset to to you know moving into the physical space as well. So, yeah, man, I have one. I, I, I I'm pumped on it. It's um... It arrives safely. It arrives safely. Yeah, man, it's it's great. <laughs> I haven't framed it yet. I, I, I'm just, I don't, I, I don't know. I got to figure out where, 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 where should I get a frame. That, that's first, like the the first right. thing I think it was like AC Moore, but like I don't even know if AC Moore is even a place anymore. I'm, I'm lucky. I have a, uh, I have a really, really great framer that I work with, um, and um, she's like a local, you know, a local. Um, not big box store or anything like that. Um, That's what I need to find. We yeah. have one in Peabody, um, that collectibles place will frame anything for you. Okay. I'll make right on the corner. This yeah, is also I, like the, the, the common tale. I have, I have prints that I've bought from other people that are now sitting in flat file because, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna get this framed right away. And then six years later, you're like, like I should probably frame it. You never <laughs> yeah, it's a natural progression. I have my first couple prints on the way to me right now, and I'm pumped about that as well. So we'll have to go get a frame deal, get like a three for one. <laughs> we have to go barter with the local yeah. frame. <laughs> Right. And we'll keep them coming. We're big collectors now. <laughs> That's right, right. Yes. Yeah. We'll have you just ship it straight to their address. Yeah. Frame Man. it with them and then send it to us. That yeah, <laughs> framing is I remember there was one piece that I it was actually that uh uh the super um uh, detailed doodle of the Boba Fett that you guys had seen. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And I went to to go get that framed. Um didn't wind up doing it because the the quote that I got for everything was was I just way more than I wanted to spend on, on a frame. So, um, but I think that was also like, you know, top of the line work, top of the line frame with like all of the right glass and all of that kind of stuff. So um, there are definitely cheaper options for people, but uh, framing. Is right. glass necessary, do you think? Um, it kind of depends. Um, you know, I think uh, if you're concerned about longevity and making sure that the, the print stays, um, intact you know in its Mm. original form for the longest time then i think it's probably probably a good thing it also depends on where you're going to be displaying it i mean if it's if it's one of those things where it's going to be hung near a window where a lot of light's going to be um hitting it maybe i would i would think about you know some protective glass um but if it's you know going to be sitting i don't know in a dark room then maybe not good advice 
we are blind here and I, this is very necessary information. Yeah. I mean, and also I, I, I don't know anything, so I'm, I could be giving <laughs> verbal advice. So more, more than us, man. It's perfect. <laughs> and you know what? It makes sense. You know, you don't want dust or light hitting your print, put some glass right, on it. Right. I mean, nobody can argue with that. Well, especially I would say that, you know, if, cause I, I did hand embellish, um, and this is actually something that, you know, I, I probably will also do for this release as well. Um, but, uh, people were very confused, um, about what that sort of meant. And so, uh, to anybody who's listening to this, um, if, if I do hand embellish, that means that I'm, I'm, I'm taking the print and I'm, I'm using paint and, and oil, or I'm sorry, uh, paintbrush and oils and actually painting, um, bits onto, onto the print. Um, there was, I, there was one person who uh, actually thought that the entire print was, was hand painted. Um, and that's not the case. Um, but, uh, but it, it sort of just makes it more unique and I, I, I would, I would guess, you know, more valuable hopefully in, in the future. That's so. cool as hell. Actually. I never knew that artists did that where, it's been touched by them, you know, where they've actually like put their artistic flair on your piece. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's cool. Yeah. There are some, you know, the level to which um, you embellish is kind of up to the artist. Like I typically will go a little bit, I guess, deeper down the the rabbit hole of, of you know, like for, for a few of them, um, people who collected multiple in the last, in the last drop, like say somebody got, you know, one of each of the variants or whatever. Mm-hmm. I just surprised that person by saying, Hey, you know, you collected all of the variants, um, pick one of the, your favorite one. And then, you know, give me, um, a tag that you'd like to see in the, the, the print and I'll paint it in there for it. That's awesome. That's really cool. So, yeah. So that's, uh, um, something to also, it's just another, another way to sort of, you know, ingratiate yourself to the collectors and, and show that, you know, you appreciate them spending their money. Yeah, man. I mean, I think it's, um, I think you built something pretty healthy here. I'm, I'm just flipping through and just looking at what, like, some floor prices look like and what your secondary is and controlling the output and really kind of, you know, doing some executing a plan to a T it's, yeah, it's impressive. It's good to see. Uh, I'm definitely happy with it. And the secondary, you know, I, I was actually a little bit worried that um, people were going to get the prints and then just like, dump the the nft because i didn't know how many people um i brought to the table versus how many nifty brought to the table so mm. i know that probably mo- most of of my collectors are not not accustomed to to collecting nfts and so you know there was definitely the concern that once they got the print they would just you know get rid of the nft but uh, it seems like that actually has not been the case which is great so no yeah you know, when you buy your first nft i feel like there's like a rush to it too and like <laughs> They're looking at that floor, I would imagine, going, well, this is cool. Like, there wasn't a time before I could buy art prints and see what the open market price of them are without, like, going to, like, someone evaluate the work, you know? Right, right. Yeah. And who knows? Maybe maybe if, like, the market crashes. I mean, obviously, when the market, just the, the general market, when that crashes, everything goes down for a bit. But... But who knows, maybe people will actually turn to things like NFTs as a store of value because, mm-hmm. you know, if the U.S. dollar is tanking or whatever, I mean, it's, it's who knows, maybe it's safer than, than our fiat currency. Who knows? <laughs> I feel like a lot of things are safer than our currency at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> but what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. That's, that's, there's this guy, um, uh, his name is Robert Kiyosawa, Kiyosaki. Uh, he, he wrote Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I don't, I can't remember the guy's last name, but um, um, this guy has been um, kind of an icon in the, in the investing world for, for quite some time. And uh, he had a, a tweet pretty recently that was like, the world's biggest crash is coming and here's how you can prepare. It's like, buy 
gold, buy Bitcoin, buy whatever. Um, but I also thought that most people tended to sort of like flee to cash as well. So I'm, I'm very confused as to what to do. <laughs> Pick something, have a healthy secondary. You know what? <laughs> Diversify, yeah. not Diver- financial advice. Just <laughs> buy lots of canned goods. And- <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, no, we're just planning for a tornado. Yeah, they're telling us that you war of the future is going to be over water, so start hoarding that. Oh, Jesus, great. That, that just that just kind of scared me. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? to be YouTube videos. That's right. Yeah, you, you can you can make yourself crazy thinking about all this kind of stuff, but uh, uh yeah. I don't know. Just live for today and let let future you worry about that, right? Right. <laughs> or just sacks of meat floating on a big rock hurtling through space. That's right. Exactly. All right. You can put both those quotes on the t-shirt. Uh, <laughs> well, dude, is there anything else that, that we miss or anything else that you want to point out? We're going to, the plan was to drop this on, um, on Monday. So, you know, if anyone were to hear it, it'd be, uh, you know, I, I guess the best place to kind of just stay up to date, um, as I, as I kind of get the, the details solidified is probably just my website, which is just my name.com, davepaul.com, you know, other than obviously I'm on all of the social media places, so you can follow there. But, uh, also I'm sure I sound like a complete idiot tonight. Cause I just, uh, my brain is absolutely fried. So I apologize. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but an artist at work, no apologies needed. <laughs> well, you know, the, the last thing I'll say before, before I leave is that the one sort of comfort that I had after like a long day's work, um, uh, before was I would enjoy like a beer or two. Uh, and I've been finding that I get like terrible heartburn if I drink at all now. And it's like my esophagus like closes up. So I'm like, shit, now I can't even do that. It's like getting older is, uh, is, is not great. I almost bought Alcat Seltzer yesterday. I, oh, yeah. don't <laughs> I was checking out at Cumberland Farms and I was like, I got fucking heartburn right now. <laughs> no, once you once you go the Alcat Seltzer route, there's no turning back. Either. I know, I know. I didn't do it. I t- I, I, I talked it out. So. <laughs> Settle into middle age. Um, yeah, yeah. Groaning when we stand up. And... That's right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, but anyways, no, that's, uh, um, that's, that's the gist of it. So uh, we'll see how it all, how it all shakes out on the 20th nice, yeah, yeah th- th- this is um it's just good to see uh, and obviously excited for thursday thursday's a good day do you know if you're dropping with anyone do they do they give you the full schedule for that week i have no idea i don't even know yeah. what time it's supposed to be yet so. yeah we're blinders assets have been blinders well no i think the last time it was i was definitely a little bit more neurotic about like knowing all the details and this time i'm just like i'm gonna give you the artwork and, and <laughs> we'll figure it out <laughs> so yeah. Uh, yeah. Nice. I like the plan. Well, I hope you can play some pickleball soon. And I'm in a tournament, uh, August sixteenth uh, <laughs> or something like that. Yeah, so I gotta start. Hell playing. yeah! Oh yeah! <laughs> All right, nice. guys, this was fun. Good we'll luck. Talk yeah, yeah. Good luck on this stuff, man. We'll um, we'll be in touch. All right, take it easy. Bye, Dave. Damn, that's nifty.